read what it says in James 4, 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Stop and think what a friend is. A friend is one who supports you in that which you are doing. Recently, one of our neighbors came to our house. She knocked on my door, came in to visit with me. As she visited with me, she said, Do you support gays and lesbians? And I said, No. After she left, I sent her a letter by U.S. Mail with many scriptures on this subject of homosexuals, lesbians, sodomites. I sent to her scriptures from both the Old and the New Testament, and I told her, this is God's view of homosexuals and lesbians, and I support God's view of homosexuals and lesbians. And I sent the following scripture and several other scriptures to her. Romans chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Since I sent that letter to her, this woman has not come to my house to visit. If the unbeliever depart, let him depart. This is really the best way that I know to separate in peace from the unbeliever. Speak God's truth on the subject at hand when you are with the unbeliever and when the subject surfaces. I don't go about trying to open doors to speak or walking through brick walls, but if the subject surfaces, be prepared to speak to them. Paul told Timothy, be instant. Be instant. Speak the word of God. Be instant. In season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, instruct with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come which, when they will not permit sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they'll heap together teachers having itching ears and will turn from the truth. That's in Second Timothy Chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. Also, we keep ourselves from being deceived by thinking that we can have fellowship 
in the spirit with them when one has the spirit of God and the other does not have the spirit of God. The other has the spirit of the world and the spirit of various church denominations, but not the spirit of God. It's only with those who have the spirit of God in them that we can fellowship with. Nevertheless, if the others come across my path, whether they call themselves Christians or do not call themselves Christians, and the subject comes up, I try to speak that which the Holy Spirit brings to my attention at the time that I am with that person. Usually that person will not want to visit with me again. And that's all right. It is the elect of God that we are interested in because we have the same spirit. The elect of God, those who are chosen by God, those who are born again, those who are changed by God, those are the children of God. Those are the ones we who have the spirit of God are interested in being around and visiting with. For we have the same spirit. The people who are just the churchgoers, the vast majority of churchgoers do not have the Spirit of God. They have put themselves in the church by their own will. The elect of God were put in the church by God and changed immediately by God. So do we support sin? No. Not for an instant do we support sin. One time, my cousin and her husband and her two adult-age sons came to my house, and I fixed dinner for us, and we sat down at the dinner table, and my cousin told me that her youngest son had just met a woman and was dating her, and this is a divorced woman who has one child. I warned him by the Bible about dating a divorced woman because he might marry divorced woman. And Jesus says, whosoever marrieth her that is divorced committeth adultery. Matthew chapter 5 verse 32. No one spoke anything as a response to what I said. They went away and Alan continued dating the divorced woman and married her. They had a child of their own, and divorced. Matthew 5, 32. Jesus says, But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. It does not matter to me whether I am speaking to someone who attends a church or not. This does not change what Jesus said. It's the same for those who attend a church and those who do not attend a church. Whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. If we have a fear of God in us and we know this scripture, you will not go against this scripture if you have a fear of God in you, because the fear of God 
is an understanding that if I go against that which God says, it's not going to go well for me. Therefore, I don't do that. Or I quit doing it if I recognize I'm doing it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because when we have a fear of God, we have a respect for the scriptures and we know they are truth and we will not go against them. The fear of God is a protector to us to keep us from going in the way of men of this world. Do I support churches where they teach the divorced woman that she can remarry? Do I attend those churches showing my support? No, I do not. Multiple scriptures in the New Testament show that the divorced woman who remarries while her husband is still living is an adulteress. Romans 7, verses 2 and 3. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth, but if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then while her husband liveth, If she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. I have heard pastors say, but we don't go by the law. We don't go by the law of Moses, where we kill animals and use their blood as a temporary sacrifice for sins because Jesus has already paid the sacrifice for sins with his own blood. But make no mistake, we go by the rules of the New Testament Bible, which is for the New Testament church. That's all we have to go by. The Apostle Paul is speaking these words to the New Testament church. So let's read this once again. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. New Testament Bible, the words of the Apostle Paul, which are inspired by God, and you're going to cast those away? 1 Corinthians seven ten eleven, Paul says unto the married, I command, yet not I, but the Lord. What he is about to say is a commandment of the Lord for the New Testament church. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. That's 1 Corinthians seven, ten, and 11. 
1 Corinthians 7, 39, 7 verse 39. Paul says the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord, only if this is another Christian. Mark chapter 10, verses 6 through 12. If you will consider this body of Scripture, I think it will make a difference in your life, and I know it will make a difference in your life, if you are the elect of God, born again by the Spirit of God. Mark chapter 10, verse 6 through 12. Jesus says, But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more two, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Verse 10, And in the house his disciples ask him again, of the same matter. And Jesus saith unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. That's Mark chapter 10, verses 6 through 12. You become one flesh at the time of sexual intercourse. Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians 6, he warns the men, are you going to have sex with a harlot? Don't you know if you have sex with a harlot, the two become one flesh? So are you going to take that harlot and make her a member of your body, a member of the body of Christ? Flee fornication, says Paul. For all sins that man doeth are without the body, but he who committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. That's in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 15 through 18. I am a Christian. I was born again by the Spirit of God in 1975. I was changed immediately by God. These people who have this experience are the elect of God. For God reveals himself to us by his spirit and seals us with his spirit and his spirit dwells in us. So I don't support sin. We know sin because of what the Bible tells us in the New Testament Bible. I don't support these sins. The elect of God does not support sin. For if you do support sin, how can you be the elect of God? If you know what the Bible says, you will not support sin if you are the elect of God. Because the seed of God is in you. The Holy Spirit of God is in you. There are many people who attend church who are not the elect of God. They 
were not born again by the Spirit of God. They were not changed by God. They simply were raised going to church. They were taken to church often as babies. There are other people who want to look respectable to the community, so they attend church. There are some people who really want to do good, and they attend church. Paul says concerning those who show a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof, just turn away from such. 2 Timothy 3, 5. They have a form of godliness. They attend church regularly. They try to follow what they hear at church. But they don't have in them the love of the word of God. And they deny the validity of the scriptures to rule over them in the instances of this life. They would deny scripture like the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. They would not accept that. It would seem foolishness to them because they are not born again. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned, says Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. And that is what the majority of people that attend any church group are. They are the natural man, not born of the Spirit of God, but putting themselves into the church without having the Spirit of God in them. But if I do encounter them, I speak as the door opens. If the subject is, shall I marry a divorced woman? I speak the scriptures. And that's what we must do if we're the elect of God. Otherwise, we're going to end up deceiving ourselves into thinking that these people are really good people and they're really going to be okay. And they're really the church because they go to church. But if they don't go by the Holy Scriptures and if they ignore them when we speak them to them and they just keep silent, you're deceiving yourself if you stay with them. So we speak as we encounter the people. As the door opens, we speak. As the subject arises, we speak. Don't hold back for fear you will offend them. That is trapping you. Instead, when the scriptures are called to our mind, we speak them. When the subject is there and God brings something to our mind, speak it. I was playing golf one time with two women, one a Church of Christ and the other a Methodist. As we walked along the fairway, the Methodist woman said something about judging, people who judge other people. And she continued with this subject about people who judge other people. And in me, the Holy Spirit rose up and said to her, If you judge that others are judging, aren't you judging? She went, <coughs> I mean, it's like a balloon filled with hot air and you stuck a pin in it. If you judge other people are judging, aren't you judging? 
That pretty much ended the conversation on the golf course. But later when this woman got cancer, she sent her husband to me to tell me she had cancer. He said to me, there are only a few people that she wants to tell that she has this cancer, and you're one of them. She asked me to come tell you that she has cancer. I was so shocked. I said, Vanita has cancer? And he said, yes. She died shortly after that. Many people love their church buildings and their pastors and their stained glass windows and their choirs but they do not have a love of the scriptures. They love of the word of God. By their actions, we see they are not of God, though they have the religious trappings. I do not support these people, but I will speak truth to them if they come across my path and God opens the door for me to speak. I don't try to knock the wall down and speak to them. What I try to do is if I'm with them and they're in my presence and the subject arises and the Holy Spirit brings to my mind the scriptures, I speak them. Or a concept, I speak them. That's speaking by the Spirit of God, not by my own will, but by the Spirit of God. Support the elect of God and live in peace. You can't live in peace with the others. They will always vex you and trouble you. God shows me that at this period of time, we must start thinking in terms of the elect of God. For so many people attend church who are not the elect of God. We must begin to distinguish between the elect of God and the churchgoers. There are many churchgoers who put themselves into the church by their own will. The elect of God are those persons chosen by God to whom God has revealed his truth and they have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Here are some scriptures in the New Testament Bible where the term elect is used concerning the church, the real church, the people of God, the elect. Second John chapter 1, verse 13, John says, The children of thy elect sister greet thee. This woman, the elect sister, their children greet thee. This is a person who belonged to to God, having the Spirit of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. We are kind toward the churchgoers. We are kind toward the world. But we do not support them in their works. If the churchgoer is about to marry a divorced woman, we are kind when we tell that churchgoer, 
Jesus said, if a man marries a divorced woman, he commits adultery. Isn't that kindness to try to save that person from himself and turn him to God? I think it's great kindness. I love many people who are not born again. But that doesn't mean I can fellowship with them in the terms of fellowshipping with the church, with the elect of God, with those who have the Spirit of God. You just can't do it. It's got to be divided. Those who follow God have the Spirit of God. Those who do not follow the Spirit of God don't have the Spirit of God. You can't follow the Spirit of God if you don't have the Spirit of God. So what do you do if you don't have the Spirit of God? I recommend you just fall down and ask God, please have mercy on me. Please save me. Colossians 3.12 Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humblest of mind, meekness, long-suffering. That doesn't mean we support them in their sin. That means we still love them. We are still kind to them if they come to our house to visit and the subject comes up, we tell them the truth as shown us by the Spirit of God at that moment. There is a passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 7 where Paul says, O man, how dost thou know thou wilt save thy wife? Or, O woman, how dost thou know thou wilt save thy husband? If the unbeliever depart, let him depart. If he's not pleased to dwell with you as a Christian, as you dwell as a believer, if he's not pleased, let him depart. Don't you depart, but let him depart. Don't you depart, but let her depart. If the unbeliever depart, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases. For God hath called us to peace. You can't live in peace with an unbeliever unless God causes that unbeliever to be in peace as you live as a believer. Romans chapter 8 verse 33. Once again concerning the use of the word elect of God in the Bible. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Luke chapter 18, verse 7. Shall not God avenge his elect? His own elect, it says, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them, the elect of God. 2 Timothy 2, verse 10. Paul says, therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Concerning the end times, Mark said in Mark thirteen twenty two, for false Christ and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. Titus chapter 1 verse 1 
Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. Matthew 24, verse 22, Jesus says, concerning the end times, And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Second John chapter 1 verse 1 The elder unto the elect lady and her children. John is saying, I'm speaking to the real church, the elect of God and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. Matthew 24, verse 24, Jesus says concerning the end time, For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and they shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Mark chapter 13, verse 20, And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. Matthew 24, verse 31, Jesus will appear in the clouds, and verse 31 says, And he, Jesus, shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather to gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. God knows all things, past, present, future. He knew in the end times we were going to have apostasy in the churches. Paul even said Jesus couldn't return for the elect of God until this apostasy surfaced in the churches. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. As Jesus spoke these words in Matthew 24, 31, he didn't say he's returning for the churches. What did he say? That he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other and the elect of God will be removed from this earth before God destroys this heaven and earth with fire. Mark chapter 13, verse 27, And then shall he send his angels and gather together his elect 
from the four winds from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. I'm quoting from 1 Thessalonians 4 now. They will rise to meet Jesus in the air. It's not written that Jesus comes through the clouds and lands on this earth. He comes through the clouds and they see him in the clouds. At that point in time, the dead in Christ rise first and go to meet Jesus in the clouds, in the air. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting at verse 13. The, de- the living in Christ, who are still on the earth at the time Jesus returns, the angels come and gather them and take them off this earth, and they meet Jesus in the air, and they meet the dead in Christ in the air, who have been already resurrected first. 1 Thessalonians 4 1 Corinthians 15, verses 48 through 52. And then we see these passages in Matthew chapter 24, 31, concerning Jesus sending his angels to gather the elect of God to take them to himself. In closing, the elect of God are those who are chosen by God. And God has revealed his truth to them, causing them to be born again, to be changed. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We're not like we were before this happened to us. We're different. We are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Has this happened to you? Have you been changed by God? Have you been born again? Do you have the Spirit of God living in you? Are you totally different now than you were before this happened? Only God can do this. If this has not happened to you, the only thing I know to recommend to you is... Fall down before God and ask him for his mercy. For the Apostle Paul says, God will have mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. That's in Romans chapter 9. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.